0: What's up, you two? Welcome. It is September the 30th, 2018, 9 o'clock. Tuning in. It is the weekly lawn and garden show. I apologize in advance. I had to take last week off. It was my son's sixth birthday. Happy birthday, Noah, to the big six. All right, everyone, we got a special show tonight. I see it's been hot dogging over in the chat already this morning. It looks like we got people rolling in as we go. I'm sure we'll catch some crossovers from some Sunday night football out there. Speaking of football, did anybody watch the balls play yesterday? Hopefully not, because it was painful, my goodness. But that's all right. Show some love to the SEC look at all the names that are coming in here y'all know what time it is let's go ahead real quick before we do that let's all say a big what's up to our special guest the first time on the show in front of the camera under the beaming lights of his office sunshine in a in a dark room of guests we've got (laughs) officer chris elms not only will he keep you safe on the streets, he makes your lawn as clean as it can be. Ah! Ah! Sergeant funny. Elves, take care of my grass, please. That's funny. We were just having the discussion over Appalachian turf versus Appalachian turf, that it's Appalachian turf. Don't get it wrong. That's funny. How the hell are you doing tonight?
1: I'm great, man. Appreciate you having. What, me. You,
0: what 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 are you doing right now? Not right now, literally, but right now in your work. What what you what you doing in your business world right now?
1: Uh, Seeding season, so I'm running around, you know, uh, getting everything aerated and seeded, and uh, the ones that are not are basically just getting maintenance and putting out fires in a few places, and probably like everybody else is.
0: Yep. Yep. And as always, everybody loves PPC with Lynn out hanging out in the background, Paul Outlaw in the show. Oh, oh, oh. What's up, man? What's
2: up? Buddy? How the hell are you, oh, sir?
0: <laughs> tell me, tell me about your business. What you got going on right now?
2: Oh man, well I'm seeding fescue. I'm still killing yards to are see are fescue. We are just going wild. Tell me,
0: man. Tell me about your business. What you got going on right now? Somebody has got
2: the check, I mean the Chris eh?
0: I fixed it. Okay. <laughs>
2: hey, what are you doing, Chris eh? <laughs> I fixed
0: it. So what what do you have going on right now, Paul?
2: Man, we are still killing off yards and seeding new yards and uh fescue man. I, I usually fescue is not too much business here, but all of a sudden this year, man, we, we've taken off and we, we're seeding more yards than, than usual. Usually all I have is the ones in my regular maintenance group, you know, that I do, but I've, I've ended up with probably a dozen more to do maybe more than that. But I, I, I killed some at the end of last week that I still hadn't seeded yet and I'm out of seed dog. So I gotta go, I gotta, (laughs) go big up some
0: Mountain View from somebody. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, as always, uh, no different than tonight, we're gonna open the floor up to questions. If you have got questions, put them in the chat. We'll check them out. We'll get in there, we'll, we'll dive deep into it. We'll get nasty with the questions that are coming in on the chat. We're gonna come up with solutions, actionable solutions. You know that has been my catchphrase here for for a little bit for those of you that know me outside of the grass factor one of my favorite things to come up with are actionable <coughs> solutions. i think that's why i love treating lawns because every time you approach a property you have to come up with an actionable solution not something that will help it just in the short term but something that's also going to help in the long term you know so what the Great Vanilla Ice Team are, of night, actionable so, so, solutions. What are you saying back there, PPC?
2: I said, you know what the Great Vanilla Ice says, don't you?
0: What does he say?
2: If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's from down east. He can't help it.
2: <laughs>
0: there you go. There, there you go. go. That's funny. All right. I'm gonna jump over in the chat here seeing tons of names. I love to see Conor War Tally Coleman Russell Skipper. My man, he's a bulldog. Can't hate on him for it because he put the whooping to us. Uh Rob Hawkins, how are you? Good sir. Did you get to secure your machine? I don't know if I want to announce what it is or not, but you told me that you're gonna get a Permagrain. Oops, I said it out loud. Gene DeCloth, Lambert, Troy, Troy wetner Troy Wartner, I'm not used to seeing your name. Are you are you new around here? If so, welcome aboard the Soul Train, the Lawn Soul Train. Lush lawn, Steve Wright. Don't tread on mine, and don't do it. Flash Whisper, Paul Bill, Tristair David, what 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 Watkins, Arabon well, What's up, man? Non Mastery Productions. Everybody tune over. Everybody hop up in that search bar in another window. Type in youtube.com non-mastery productions this show Aaron gillespie some love he's got just a wonderful easy in youtube channel i call that the everything nothing j91934 what's up sir award. how was your trip to florida Glad you're back there by bull. Ollie getting down on the dirty cat bird feeder. Chris, what? My Canadian friend up in Wisconsin, not even Canadian. Colonel Real though, dad. Todd Pinkerton. That one cupcake place up in Cedar Rapids. Man, the bad water just moves 10 times faster than normal up there. It's crazy. Dustin Keller, Floyd Epperson, Kelly Coleman all the way in the Atlantic, my goodness. All right, now, I said, hey, to, to enough people. Look who's tuning in now. We got D Turf tuning in. What's going on, man? What's going on? All right, I'm going to jump up here because I saw Matt Kasinski ask a question, and I think this is something that we all have a little bit to say about. Matt Kasinski says, how would you deal with Kalinga spreading in a fescue lawn that was seeded two weeks ago? Ooh. What you gentlemen have to say on that? I've got an idea that kind of floats around in the top of my head, but what do y'all think?
1: Go ahead, Paul.
2: Mm. Kalinga and fescue, anything that I would probably hit Kalinga with might not be so good for fescue either. Uh, what is it, solitaire, but I don't think that's going to jive with
1: fescue. I don't know. Dig it out.
0: <laughs> where, are you, where are you going, Chris? Where are you going with, with it?
1: Well, I, I think it's deeper than that. I mean, you—you, you, it sounds like you got some water saturation issues going on there. That's kind of where I've been at with a lot of. You spray it, you come back and look, and it's actually a, a soil problem.
0: So one thing I do know, I can clue you in here, is that uh, Kaczynski is up in Virginia, and uh, you know I think he just got uh, barreled on from the after the hurricane there, and since then it's kind of been coming up. To me, when I read that, the I think the tricky thing in here is that the fescue was seeded two weeks ago. So addressing Kalinga, where it's been seeded two weeks ago, that's where it gets tough. The only thing I know of that would work on the Kalinga that might be safe on seed, I don't know 100%, would be Solero, uh no, it would be Amazosulfuron, Solero, it's the only thing i could think of in that regard <laughs> can't say for a hundred percent uh and not damage your new seedlings but it is known to be safe on multiple all grass types really uh everything from centipede to st augustine to fescue to bluegrass so uh, given that condition that you're in there that's probably where i go uh rob hawkins has one here Permagrain questions, can the pump be rebuilt or must it be replaced? Chris, have you ever rebuilt your permagrain pump?
1: I have not, and I have had to replace a couple of them. So, you know, I, I just went ahead and got a new pump. takes me about 15 minutes to get it on there, and I'm back running, making money. So, no, I don't really have any insight on rebuilding one.
0: That's the same thing here. I have never rebuilt one of them. Um, in fact, I've I have torn one apart one time uh, just to see how much debris was collected in the pump, um, yeah. but I have I have never attempted to rebuild it. Um, I'm trying to remember who makes that pump. Delavan, Delvin, Delvin is that? Is, yeah, I think that's, that's the manufacturer. It. Yeah, um, it's
1: so easy to replace. I mean, it just takes literally minutes to. I mean, of course, it's money. Yeah, I get it, but. I felt like I was losing money by trying to work on it.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, so they may they make a rebuild kit for it, I don't know though. I do not know, I would probably just replace it. Uh, Eli says, are you guys doing anything different with, the, with this heat this time of year? What are y'all doing? Are y'all switching it up because of the heat right now?
1: I mean, the seeding dates are a little different this year. I mean, I normally try to get started a little early but i can tell that the heat's having an issue because i'm getting germination and having a success later than i normally do you know starting early so it's been it was september we had our average temperature for warmer than they were in august so it kind of threw me up for a loop you know
0: yep what about you paul
2: i yeah i've still been plenty hot down here i didn't start uh seating till monday actually and i mean i've been throwing it out, man. But, uh, I just started late. Uh, everybody's watering them up, but, uh, you just gotta watch that, that weather versus the, the calendar so much. And, and plus that storm, I didn't want to get out ahead of that storm and put a bunch of seed out and things fluid and let's just get crazy rain and, and wash it away. But, but really the temperatures hadn't, hadn't really been here for what I like for seeding until, until here just the last few days.
0: Yeah, I know that's that's what I did was, uh, you know, we, we delayed everything by about two weeks. Um, you know, we weren't faced with the hurricane rain like they, you know, at first they were saying we we're only going to get an inch. And then they said, well, maybe a little worse than that. And so we tried to get some out before uh, the the hurricane rains hit. But, man, it was smoking hot there for a while. And, you know, now we're back down to about 80, As far as the changes that have been made, uh, mostly for for it sounds like kind of across the board there, it's just been pushed back. So there you go. Uh, John Menrick says, "How many times do you have to hit bent grass with tenacity?" Chris, that's all you dog. About three
1: times, Um, and I tell you, man, uh, you can take and and double that up. Put you like a one gallon pump up sprayer do your math on, say, per 1,000 square feet and put Pilex, Tenacity, and just a little bit of uh, seed oil or your favorite surfactant. And it may take a couple apps. And I have found that it depends on which bitgrass variety it is. Some of the ones, it'll smoke out pretty easy and some of them, you know, a little more stubborn. But those two together are pretty good on it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say, is that probably... Uh, doubling up on those as a as a homeowner i don't know if you have the access to <laughs> i don't know if you have the access to uh pilex <laughs> not everybody does but um so that, that may be a good, good here, thing itself. to do if you can all right here we go we got ceh 1467 Squirrels digging holes in my renovation how did you handle that you kill them 22 I mean, that's it. That's, that's really all you can do. Uh, You know, typically if I'm seeing squirrels affecting a renovation, it's because there's an oak tree in the yard and they're going after the acorn. Um, I don't really know of anything else you can do other than trap or kill them. So sorry for the, for the, uh, real world solution there. All right, all right, all right. Let's see. Any suggestions for non-invasive remediation of soggy soils? Supposed to be sandy soil, very low CEC. Suggestions for non-invasive remediation of soggy soils. Supposed to be sandy soil, very low CEC. Okay, Tyler. I'll tell you right now. If if you're dealing with soggy soils, uh there's a if you want a true long-term solution there's not going to be anything you can do that's non-invasive uh if you got a couple of puddles that are hanging around because you got you know maybe some some thick clay in that spot you know some, uh you know some, some wetting agents. you can use something like air eight to move things through the ground but if you have just like an issue with things being soggy um if, if you live in an area that may be real hilly like for instance here in Knoxville, you know You may have like a low-lying lawn and then you know water feeds in and it all kind of pools in an area well, if you can divert the the Runoff from landing in that low area that may be one way to deal with it um, But as far as like a, a non-invasive like chemical approach to it, it It sounds like you're dealing with something there that is not fixable chemically uh I, I don't know do y'all have any suggestions
1: man that's, that's a matt martin question uh,
2: um you, I've, i mean i've got a guy i'll call and he'll come dig french drains and stuff in your yard for you but uh non-invasive no i, I have tried aerate a heavy dose of aerate on some that i thought were a little uh soggy for too long i maybe it worked maybe it did not i can't really call that one but uh that no i don't think there's any any miracle sauce you can put on something that's holding too much water and fix
0: it yeah it, you know especially if you're dealing with sandy soils that are holding too much water you, you could be talking about water tables that are that are too high um, there's a lot of underlying issues that that could be the issue and i um, it, in in that instance you know it's all going to be about moving that water somewhere else uh, because if it's real soggy like that, you can't move down any more than it is, especially in sand. So you got to move it out. That's going to be invasive. Uh, I just renovated my lawn four weeks ago. I have some bare spots to do to wash out annoying deer that eat it. How do I grow new grass in the bare spots while also maintaining my new grass and cutting it? All right, Kyle. Um, you're you're going to have to be very diligent about this. You can mow over new grass. I I, I get asked this a lot and I I realize a lot of people are really nervous about mowing new grass. Don't. uh, Cut it. Um, You know, if you avoid it and let it go, you know, two, three weeks without cutting it, do that. Um, You know, casting a little shade on that area from your surrounding grass isn't gonna hurt anything. Uh, In the event it does get really tall and you do have to cut it down, Make sure you don't have any clumping in your new grass. Um, I don't know. What do y'all guys have to say about that?
2: Um, well, with me, if I—I I mean, a whole brand new yard, I—I I have messed one up before putting one of my big mowers on it too soon, and and you know that's that's a problem. But yeah, if you got patches or something in it, obviously you can mow around that. Um, but yeah, the worst thing I'm worried about is is not so much actual cutting the grass as putting that fifteen hundred pound lawnmower tracking through the grass and and
1: yeah. digging up the ground.
0: What about you, Chris? How do you yeah, how do you handle I mean,
1: that? I always would use like a push behind or something lightweight, so I don't do any you know make straight lines and don't don't make any sharp turns
0: yeah I, it's one of those things you just got to be you got to be extra careful with I mean it's new grass you kind of you got to baby it along um, all right yard therapy says I'm seeing more, more weed. I've been using a few things that seem to kill it and then it comes right back yard therapy that's because of how difficult of a weed weed is there are no great solutions for weed. I hate to tell it tell it to you like that um, if you're really looking for some good, you know, one-two combos, um, you know, maybe you want to try combining Celsius with and methyl MSM. Um, that will probably give you your most long-term solution. Uh, I, <laughs> I, am, I am also hearing that, um, I want to say, it, I don't think it was uh, SurePower that was <laughs> good for Dubwee, but there was something else. Um, that has not been released yet that is supposed to work really well on dubweed. Unfortunately, just not a lot of options. Do you see much dubweed, uh, Paul? Uh, no. Um, yeah.
2: Didn't I send you a picture of a yard one day we were trying to figure out what it was? I think we had something like that, and, uh, maybe Celsius revolver or something. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I that, That's the only yard I've really seen much of it in. But it, it seems like a pretty expensive
0: proposition to handle. Yeah and that's just it you know you don't you know blindside I think is labeled for it too you're not you're not going to get real long-lasting control with it from that um, it's a it's a tough one man. it is a tough one so uh, you know you, you, you're you're in it for the long haul with that uh, man I came across an article last week that suggests human humic acid may reduce effectiveness of some pesticides you think something to be concerned about uh, Lambert, it's definitely possible because you know, you're talking about um, a material that is rich in carbon, and carbon is very uh, adsorbative, meaning you know it can it can bond to things and make something like an herbicide inert. Uh, why I'm not usually worried about it is because not enough is going down to reduce the effectiveness of the pesticide usually. Now if you are a lot of taint mixes with super expensive herbicides like for instance Revolver or Monument or Hylex you won't see me mixing humic acid in combination with those herbicides uh, Typically, I'm not taint spraying those herbicides. Sometimes I have to um, But when I am spraying those herbicides, I make sure to follow everything by the letter of the law on that label to guarantee so, result, the outcome. It's just too expensive a product to take a risk on it. So uh, is it something you should be concerned about? Um, Yes, but for something like a phenoxy herbicide, something that's going to work hormonally like a three-way or a triclopyr, um, I wouldn't be overly concerned with it. In fact, um, using it in conjunction with like a humic and a kelp product, be careful because it actually may increase the effectiveness of the humic and kelp. Uh, I mean, the human can help me increase the efficacy of the herbicide. So uh, be careful there. What do we have going in the background here? All eyes on you, Paul. Oh, man. What happened to your shirt? Oh,
2: what? oh what? What? this is no commercial. What are you talking
1: about? <laughs>
2: He's killing me. No, I, mean, I, I can add that. Uh, question about putting the uh, humic acid in with the uh, herbicides. I've, a lot of my three ways this year, I sprayed out with humic acid. And I I, I can't say whether I was uh, decreasing any of my efficacy on my target weeds, but I sure cut back on a lot of uh, the other one of my desired turf, I feel like, anyway. But I don't know because I I had posed that question to you once before, and you and Ray both had said that the humic acid could step down the uh, efficacy of the uh, herbicide. So I I don't know. I was kind of thinking that I was using it to try to mitigate some of the yellowing on my regular turf, but maybe I was saving the weeds as well. So I don't know. I know in ag they use humic acid a lot alongside a real strong salt content. fertilizers and stuff to uh cut down on that salt burn with with the humic acid so i was i was kind of thinking the same same way
0: uh kurt kill says does putting down rate a few weeks after you treat with pre-emergent hurt the effectiveness of the pre-emergent no kurt uh even that is going to be a potassium source it's it's just designed to move through the soil real quickly it's not going to provide enough reduction in the um, spacing of the stool for it to interrupt that uh, barrier. Getting a little brown patch in my overseeded four weeks ago, throwing out some azox and prop tomorrow. Too early for some in and RGS to help push it out. Uh, no, you are good to go, Gillespie. Um, go ahead, man, pop it Pop it with some men. When you're dealing with seedlings like that, you know, it's especially if you're not going foliar, uh, you're not running just a huge risk at a half pound or less. Um, In fact, if I'd say you go up to three quarters of a pound, in fact, I will go ahead and admit right now, I've run a pound to a pound and a quarter before on uh, seedlings with no issues. So just to play it safe uh, because of, you know, I don't know what's in your forecast and what's coming up. You know, I would say three quarters of a pound or less of something granular. You're going to be fine. Go ahead, apply it um, and uh, get get your fungicide out. How can I stop squirrels digging holes and hiding acorns in my renovation map? They're hurting my new grass. Um, unfortunately, you're going to you're gonna have to kill them, CEH. You will have to kill the squirrels. Um, I'd love to hear info about granular humic, long-term results, short-term, visual aspects. How much and how often to apply? What's its role in getting the dirt right? GG turf. This is a long, complicated question. And Larry the Owl is going back again! <laughs> I see the shirt <laughs> in the background. I'm going to have to throw this on Paul real quick while I answer this question. Okay, granular humic. Um, okay, Here, here's the deal. So there is a, a, a component to granular, to, to humic acid that is a smaller particle size that's called fulvic acid. You do not get foliar uptake of fulvic acid that you would. <laughs> that you you do with granular that you would with liquid. Now, what you have to keep in mind is that granular is going to come with a much higher active AI potential. But as soon as that is watered in, you're talking about volumes here. You can only get so much to go into suspension in one time. That typically will dilute out to about 12% humic acid. So while it may be a 70% granular humic, it's because there's no water volume as soon as it reacts with water and starts to move through the soil that's going to dumb down to about a 12 percent so long-term results versus short-term results uh, you probably won't see much of a difference between long-term um, granular and liquid um, short-term results you'll probably get a little bit of a of a greater impact in the short term from a liquid Visual aspects, as long as you're using it as a chelating agent or uh, as a a nutrient enhancer, uh, you'll get a much bigger visual impact on the foliar side. How much and how often to apply. Um, You you don't want to overdo it. Uh, There is definitely a way to overdo humic acid. You have to remember, humic acid is derived from lipids. Those lipids can build in the soil. They can build an impermeable layer. So it's not something that you could just go out and just Blast an area with a with the over-the-shoulder uh, fire hose type deal there um, So, you, you know, you, you want to stay within the label limits if you are using something like a granular you want to tone down the frequency that you're using uh, especially if you're going out at high rates um, Back that down to like, you know, maybe once a year something something along those lines or twice a year. Now when you are applying it in a granular and you're applying it at such a concentrated rate, um, understand you're gonna have a lot of issues that occur with losses because you're not tilling it into the ground. When it's used in agriculture, it's placed into the root profile. So um, anyway, I hope that kind of covers all of it. That's a really long and complicated question and we can have a really long-term uh, topic on it. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, well. One more thing, granular humic is not actually granular humic acid. It's actually granulized prilled linerdite. So it's unreacted linerdite. It would be the same thing as saying, like, um, linerdite is the source material, right? So it may contain. 70% Uh, 70% humic acid, but it doesn't mean that it's broken down into already humic acid. It's like if you have 15 grams of protein, it'd be like saying there's uh, you know 15 grams of amino acids. Yes, it is, but it's the precursor to amino acids. It hasn't been broken down into amino acids yet. It's a it's a you know humic acid is a building block of lignite, like amino acids are a building block of protein. I hope that answers the question, y'all. The input on that that i missed out
2: uh i've never even used any granular humic acid uh now there's a big difference in that right and the uh powdered stuff right that you would uh water down and make your own liquid humic acid correct
0: yeah so the powdered stuff is usually taken into a um what they do is they they get humic acid into a solution into a 12 percent solution And then they spray it over a fluidized bed, well, they atomize it over like a fluidized bed dryer. And it dries it, it dehydrates it into a powder form. And then they harness all that uh, powder, put it into a bag, and then resell it. And then to apply it, you you can't really handle it as a dust. You can't really control your application with it. So they are supposed to put it back into uh, suspension and when you do you'll notice you can only get 12 to maybe 14 percent back into suspension the rest of it will deposit out the bottom you collect that you turn it over to your next batch so uh you're kind of working against the 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 limits of nature there of what can go into suspension versus what's going to settle out at the bottom
2: as far as humic acid in general matt um... I noticed Green County makes a twelve. I have ran up with another company that makes a twenty-two percent humic acid. Is that something you've ever heard of, or is that is that humanly possible, man?
0: <laughs> uh, a twenty-two percent humic acid? Yeah. No, it's not possible. So there are a couple of different ways to measure it. So um, most of the ones that we see that are labeled like a a twelve percent humic acid, it comes from one of the tests. Testing parameter.
2: Oh no! Where'd he go? Man, I hope you hadn't left us up here alone.
1: Wow, I you know can't what
2: remember. I wasn't paying attention.
1: <coughs> Lost your signal. Oh man! So
2: We're now, still-
1: what do we do now?
2: I ain't wait for him to come back. <laughs> My t-shirts.
1: Are you really? That's funny.
2: That's I got, funny. I still got my plaid button-up shirt like he wears. <laughs> I was gonna be laughing.
1: That's funny. I don't know if this thing's still live or not.
2: No, I don't maybe, think we're up there. Maybe somebody'll tell
1: us if we're still live. All right. Anybody here <laughs> in the in the old chatter room? Somebody in the chat room, let us know if we're live. You're live. Hey, there was somebody asking about um, there was somebody asked, Eric Vaughn was asking about the new lawn weed killers from Dow. I'm not familiar which one he's talking about unless it's oh, they can hear. what's that? They can hear us, I think. What's there's Matt. <laughs> R.I.P. Matt.
2: <laughs> yeah, bro.
1: Is he coming back? Anyway, it was uh it was new weed killers from uh from Dow. I'm not sure which ones they are.
2: I I don't either. I'm not familiar with
1: them. The only one that I've been using is uh, the one, Sure Power. Isn't that New Farm? That's by New Farm. Yeah, it's got 2,4-D and fluroxapir and and, triclopir. I want to say don't I can't remember the other one. But I'm not sure if that's what they were talking about.
2: The grass factor says he's coming. What is he doing? Ew, he says, I'm coming, I'm coming.
0: There all right, go. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back.
2: <laughs> Gross, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> Man, I don't know. The screen locked up there. All right, let's see where we are. Okay, okay. Did I miss anything?
2: Um, I gave out your phone number.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to skip through the chat here because we have uh, tons of stuff coming in here. Tall fescue, very slow to grow around irrigation heads. 45 days since seed down, only about one inch tall. Any recommendations? That's only easy. around. Easy. Do what?
1: Feed. That's an easy one. <laughs> saturated soil, not enough oxygen. Root zone is compacted. Needs to get air in there. The little water yep. around the irrigation is sitting there saturated. There's no not enough oxygen getting to get the root zone.
0: Yep that's that's exactly what i was going to say there's no airflow to the root zone way too wet around those irrigation heads dial back the water and uh you should see it start to improve um all right all right all right let's see here should new grass 30 days old be fertilized with say a 2305 with 50 percent slow release urea 30 days old should it be fertilized What's that, Paul?
1: I I, I fertilize mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty aggressive during the grow in. I mean, probably more so than. But yeah, I mean, to okay. me, I mean, it's it's sitting there begging for nutrition. So, um, I'm spoon feeding it to grow in the whole time. So about three weeks later, I'm going back and giving it a shot of nitrogen.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, at 30 days old, shoot, yeah, man.
2: That's, a, that's old it. man in grass years. We're going to get it even bigger. So, yeah, for sure.
0: Dropped the hammer on it. Um, <laughs> I have killed uh, two, I've killed bentgrass with two apps of tenacity when sprayed at the proper time in the fall. Good stuff. Good stuff. John Pickerton says the cops are at my house. Um, <laughs> if I get raided by the police while I'm on a live stream with a law enforcement officer, that would be probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me i'm just going to say that right now well you're bigger
2: <laughs> i went to some website chris told me to to look for some micro powder and i think the police have been watching me since i went there oh yeah they
1: like the cannabis 420 crowd yeah but, uh, <laughs> that website's a little suspicious <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they. that's a lot of homegrown <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have rust on my year-old Kentucky bluegrass lawn. I put down some Banner Max. Would a potash help? Would a potash app help out a lot? All right, potash on Kentucky bluegrass in the fall with rust—I mm. would not do it. No. Um, there is something about Kentucky bluegrass in the fall and potash. It's supposed to lead to greater instances of um I can't remember Dollar Spot the next spring or something. I don't know. What do you what do you say on that, Chris?
1: I I'd I stay away from the potash. I mean, if you're going to go to the point of Bannermax, I mean, I I would to me, I mean, if you especially if you see it, I would just run a low rate of Azoxystrobin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a better bet. It would would definitely be Azoxystrobin. Um
1: it wouldn't be as hot as Propiconazole on you know depending on if you seed it or not so yeah just something something a little softer
0: yep uh potash is is pretty salty too so yeah yeah can be, be hard on the turf um usually you know when i'm going after like leaf spot diseases and stuff in the spring i'll combine potash with fungicide uh, but typically in the fall uh, you're not really preparing for the, the stress that you are in in the spring and the water regulation and you know, you know, high potash in the fall. Really, the only thing you're doing is pushing a lot of water out of the plant. So, um, I would stay away from the potash.
1: Stick
0: to your fungicide there. Uh, what's up, the lawn films? What is it like to be in the presence of a true Duck Dynasty celebrity?
1: Oh, he got a kick out of that. I got to eat with Miss K the other night. Miss <laughs> K and Alan and some of them. He he got a big kick out of it.
0: That was a uh, that was a beautiful. Uh, uh, p- they are good people. They're they're good people. Uh, all right, let's move down here. Whoa, Relsar. Relsar was that herbicide that was gonna was gonna uh, target the <laughs> target the. Uh, Lovely. i can't recall here i'm sorry i'm trying to scroll back up to the chat here because there are so many things that are going on um zoo man how many much uh how many fungicides should i use to fix mushrooms in my lawn what do y'all think about that it
1: does you need a boot to get your mushrooms out of your yard i leave them alone <laughs> i mean I mean, they're just aesthetically causing you problems. Just kick them over. I mean, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with them.
0: Uh, Paul, shout out to you. Uh, love what you're doing on YouTube. Uh, that's from GoBots on the Trail, man. He's oh,
2: well, uh, GoBots on the Trail. Uh, it looks like. I am now?
0: Paul's about to go with an, with another shirt here. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what that brings out any way to treat fungus naturally or just bite the bullet and throw down your fungicides, any way to promote better resistance by just having really healthy grass. Um, I'll start on this, uh, John Moore live. I don't know where you live and I don't know what turf type you're dealing with, but if you want to naturally target disease, Hey, you look sharp, Paul. I see you back there. Um,
2: (laughs) He's in plan.
0: (laughs) This is my Matt
2: Martin shirt.
0: (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) Hang on, Let me throw this up on the big screen here. <laughs> For once, I'm not wearing not wearing plaid.
2: wearing i
0: like, <laughs> I was wearing plaid all day today. and then after I took a shower, I threw on the T-shirt. That is hilarious. You gotta unbutton, <laughs> you gotta unbutton it like four times. <laughs> Man, my
2: computer is way behind where we are on this.
0: If, if you, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, for, for dealing with, with fungus naturally. Okay, so when you think about like, <clears throat> farming, the way they deal with fungus, you know, it's all about right plant, right place. Um, a lot of what we're doing in turf grass, you know, we're dealing with monoculture stands of, of cultivars or, or species and there's not a lot of natural predators, and it's, it's it's almost a little bit unnatural. Well, it's not almost, it is. It's, it's completely unnatural. Then, typically, we're trying to grow it in areas where it may not naturally thrive. So, for instance, where we are in East Tennessee, at least where I am in East Tennessee, um, you know, fescue used to grow here naturally pretty well. It hasn't for the last decade. It's continually it's not so much that it's just getting hotter here, but the seasons have shifted. Where, you know, it used to be cold all the way until April 1st. Now it's cold until March 1st. And then March 1st, it transitions really quickly from cold to hot. And then it used to be cold in September. Now it doesn't get cold until after Halloween. Sometimes not even until Thanksgiving. So. The, the seasons have shifted. The growing season has shifted. And so no longer is a fescue in a state in a position to be able to maintain itself by itself naturally. So can you treat fungus naturally? Uh, yes, given the proper growing conditions. Now, you start throwing in environmental conditions. Um, you know, and what I mean by that is like you have a hurricane come through and then and you get 18 inches of rain or you get six inches of rain and then it's followed by 99% humidity in 90 degrees. No, you cannot treat fungus naturally. It's just, it is impossible. No matter how you go about it, no matter what kind of soil type you have, no matter your cultural practices, it's just not going to work. So the best way to manage disease naturally is to have healthy grass and how do you know you actually have healthy grass versus it just being aesthetically nice is that check your soil test levels make sure you are in an optimal range for each of your um, uh, required nutrients another thing to do is make sure you have adequate om make sure you have high cecs all of those play into having healthier grass have y'all ever tried to treat fungus naturally <laughs> Why are you laughing, Paul? That's what I
1: wanna. Paul thought it was funny.
2: <laughs> I'm sure Chris asked. <laughs> I
1: asked.
2: I'm sure you have treated fungus naturally, haven't you?
1: I don't know. Oh, no. We lost him.
0: Chris, how much natural fungicides have you put out?
1: I mean natural fungicides? Yeah none that i know of <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> none um, all right we'll move on here uh i have a customer that the backyard is heavily shaded she wants to grow grass in the backyard but i've read grass needs four to six hours of sunlight should it be direct sun or filtered sunlight Want to grow grass in heavy shade what do y'all do
1: well change varieties i mean creeping red chewing fed uh fescues um uh, some some of those fine fescues is what i would transition to in an area that was heavily shaded if it's i mean i'm not sure what what kind of yard it was i assume it was fescue i'm not sure if i caught that
0: i i didn't know i don't think it had a we had that that kind of level in there paul do you do anything special for heavily shaded yards
2: I've, I've got uh, one little patch in somebody's backyard that's probably about a 14 by 14 and I put uh, I, i'll buy me a little bag of creeping red to put in it and it seems to do
0: okay it's um typically when I see people that are that are really want grass to grow in the backyard with shade uh, the first thing I do is tell them go get a chainsaw yeah
2: uh, oh yeah I would absolutely raise those canopies up on those trees too
0: yeah or just start cutting trees down um because it, you're you're always going to run into issues in the shade um i've never been able to make anybody really happy with a super shaded yard um and so the, the first thing i recommend is is going and getting a um going and getting a chainsaw and bringing down some trees yeah um, and i'm
1: battling that right now with a customer um you know he went and got sod and had put in and it was gorgeous and there's trees everywhere there's uh, there's not good airflow there's not good sunlight and it's just every day you go or every week you're there whatever every month I mean you can sit there and watch it and it just is steadily declining um, and you know it's just getting thinner and thinner it can't it can't compete without the you know enough sunlight and airflow through there so considering overseeding it with you know some more shade tolerant varieties I know that the the uh, you know if you're in warm season the TifTuf is a lot more shade tolerant than normally the bermudas are i've seen it do really well in shade but you know still you gotta those limbs are higher and there's still good airflow through there
0: yeah airflow is one that's not talked about a lot airflow is really important for especially cool season grass in the shade because uh you know you cause damage quick with some really weird diseases that begin to develop when you don't have that airflow. Decline just sits in much faster. So uh, cut the trees down if you want if you want nice grass. Uh, if you don't care about the grass, um, you know, just start throwing any, any seed you can at it and, you know, just playing on doing it every year and playing on the yard being dead around August. Um, corporate HQ, my Bermuda is dominating at a high cut. Striped circles enter today. But should I scalp this yard for next year low, cut twice per week? If so, when? will lime in December, pH 5.6, CEC 4.0. Uh, corporate, yeah, you definitely need to lime it. Um, if you're dominating at a high cut, that that's great. Uh, should you scalp it for next year? Yes, when before it breaks dormancy going into next year. So, typically, if you know if you if you got a rotary mower, I recommend going in February, scalping it down, and then going in you know sometime after the fourth of July. And scalping it down again that way you maximize the the leaf growth versus the s- stem growth you, you want it you want to keep that uh, as much leaf growth out there as possible without that that stem showing through so uh, when, when the lime in Georgia whenever you want if you're dealing with the pH of 5.6 that's not awful for Bermuda so uh, when you can get it down, uh, John Pinkerton. Y- y- yeah, you're not you're not going to be able to apply fungicides to fix the mu- fix the mushrooms in the lawn. By the way, in case you didn't catch that. Um, uh, uh, is there any science behind lowering high to cut to really low? Georgia currently at two and a half inches. Should I just go for it and get into the crown, etc.? Uh, I don't know what you're asking. The mini lawn. Uh, is there a science to having? Like are you gonna improve your zoysia by cutting it lower? Um, I'm gonna say yes um, uh, Taking all things into consideration that you know think about the the growth nature of zoysia um, By by cutting it extremely low, Like for instance, you'll see guys on the lawn that cut it at you know half inch or three quarters of an inch sub one inch or one inch or lower and it helps mitigate that thatch issue that comes along with Zorgia. So um, yes there is science behind lowering your height of cut on zoysia and it typically deals with, with mitigating the density of that turf because it can become so dense that it begins to decline. Um, Paul how much zoysia do you deal with?
2: Um, I've got a few um, they're they're actually really nice but I'm not able to cut them super low because we're only cutting them once a week and I'm cutting them with you know at least a 48 inch mower and, uh, and uh, the ones I have right now I don't have a thatch issue with but I have had one in the past that I, I could rake it was a freaking 12,000 square foot yard and I could rake a dump truck load out of it I, I don't even know where it all came from I mean at the The top of the grass would look green, and you go drag your finger across it, and it would look like feathers coming out of it or something. It was so much in
0: it, but yeah,
2: yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I would love to have a zorja yard myself. I, I'm. It's so thick. And,
0: do you do anything about dripping from your sprayer after you shut it off, Paul? Well,
2: uh yes. Um, I put the little screens that go in the uh deal above your spray tips in the nozzle i got some that are uh that have a check valve in them so they close after i think they're at like 15 pounds of pressure or something and they'll close up
0: yep yeah that's the same one that's in the in the permagreen as well uh let's see how do I get an acorn stain off my driveway? Is there iron in them, bird dog? Yeah, there's probably iron in them. You can get them off with toilet bowl cleaner. Toilet bowl cleaner uh, that contains hydrochloric acid. Uh, John Teague, my backyard's going good. It's kind of funny. Um, we <laughs> uh, Jeremy was emptying out his his tank. He had about I don't know uh, ten ounces in his. Uh, in the permagreen and, and it had uh pilex in it and so he sprayed about 10 ounces on the backyard so i got these real pretty white stripes in it right now but it'll grow out. it'll grow out uh lespedeza in my south carolina centipede two of atrazine didn't get it at all i'm maxed for the year what else can i use uh celsius what do you use on lespedeza paul
2: I, and Centipede, uh,
0: I think that I'm not going to use
2: anything else on the planet but Celsius anymore. <laughs> Centipede and Celsius seem to be really
1: good.
0: Yeah. Uh, you can also use this time of year, as long as you're starting to get cooler at night, you can switch over to Speed Zone Southern, too. It'll be all right. Let's see. Uh, Eric, I don't know why I skipped over your question. If you ask it again, I will get to it, I hope. Uh, man, I just got, I got put on blast there for skipping. <laughs> my goodness. I uh, go wait, I <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, somebody do some detective work and find Eric's question so I can answer it before I get, he was interested in, in the new
1: herbicides by Dow. Do what? He was interested in the new herbicides by Dow, but I wasn't familiar with them.
0: Is it RELZAR?
1: I think yeah. it got la- answered later yeah. on about the RELZAR. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, Relzar is going to be one of the new Dow. Oh man, did I just mess? Up? I may have, maybe not. uh Anyway, Relzar. Re- There's one of them that is a new 24 D formulation, um, and it's sure like a, a two that's four. Uh, Sh- sure Power is is a, is a yeah. uh, Sure Power is new form. Two um
1: two companies and it's the same exact actives
0: who which one
1: I, I can't remember who makes the other one but there's two companies it's uh they were talking about it the other day That's it's basically the same formula as what you're talking about with the sheer power it's just a dip, under a different name it starts with a t uh
0: yeah i know they're also private labeling for uh Advanced turf solutions. So if anybody lives near an advanced turf solutions, uh, sure Whatever whatever that's called um, Is also the same thing as sure power. Um, I don't know What that is but as far as rails are it is a new class of synthetic auxin Okay, so that means it's going to have similar action to um I, I guess it will appear very similarly to uh, like a 4d application the way that work that's also a synthetic oxen um there was one by another company that was like a 2 4d at a or something of the sort and um, now they don't list the active ingredients here on the dow website um uh active ingredient but it's supposed to be great it's uh you know it's uh Aralex game on. Is the other one, yeah, game on.
2: I've been running that change up a little bit this summer, and that's supposed to be a little more safe than two four D on other kinds of turf too. Uh, you can put on carpet grass, which is, is pretty rare too. It's got some yeah, in it,
0: yeah. Uh, the change up has uh, it's a uh, it's 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 one of those ultra low rate of two four D. Um, and they they slightly changed the formulation. Uh, Okay, so the RELZAR contains haloxifen methyl. Uh, I was looking at trials at this at the University of Tennessee just the other week, and haloxifen methyl uh, by itself did not look good. When combined with other things, it did look good. Um, RELZAR contains Haloxifen methyl and another product. So um that's that combination. And I I didn't see Relzar uh on the trial. Uh so um I, I can't say uh oh it is hey get this Chris it is it's sure and uh I'm sorry, it's sureguard and haloxifen methyl. Interesting. Yeah, that's a
1: 0.22 percent of the active that's in SurePower. Or SureGuard rather. Yep. It's in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's a unique combination. I'll tell you right now, you cannot put that on cool season grass. It you will... mean
1: sh- which one?
0: Uh, The rails are. Okay.
1: That's...
0: Yeah, you definitely can't put the, the sure guard. Um, definitely can't put sure guard on it. Now, sure power, you can, but uh, not sure guard. Right. All right. Wow, we got that done. Uh, John Teague is trying to start start a fight in there. In the wow. chat, uh, oh, he's just he's just out there clowning. He's 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 telling jokes that are trying to get me in trouble. Um, did y'all see the movie? <laughs> Stop it! All right, all right. Let me let me rage back down here. Any business advice for someone trying to add furt and squirt services to a guy that mows yards currently? Is it possible to get an applicator certification without a degree? Okay. I will let y'all jump in all over this.
2: It depends on what state you're in. The requirements are vastly different state to state. What What state are you in? Advice for someone
0: trying to add furt and Squirt, Paul.
2: What what state are you in first? In, In North Carolina, you absolutely can. You just have to get your book and study it and go take the test
1: and pass it and pay on the money pay your money. The money you know what
0: about you chris year? what you what you got on this what's your business I mean,
1: same, same thing paul said i mean you know the, the you study the material and take the test you pay the money and um you know once you're you're valid then you pay every year to maintain your certification on that or your for your applicator's license but you know it's For me, I stayed pretty busy just getting around to those classes to maintain those credits. They're not hard to do. It's just making time and taking time to go to the field days and one thing or another to keep everything valid. And if if you're starting from jump street too, and you're going to look at that
2: state book and you think you're going to learn to go out how to take care of a yard, there's, there's nothing in that book that's going to make you,
1: good at turf grass care good
2: turf grass applicator you're gonna have to you, you really need to have your own some. And read everything and, and even listening to guys like matt and and even pete denny and just just uh, there's a lot of information on the internet you got to just kind of cipher through and make sure that what you're hearing is accurate sure. and, uh, and and there, there's good stuff out there, there there's a, a lot of ways to learn for sure.
1: Well, and it's you know it, it, we've talked about this a lot this week. It's different everywhere you go, um, just because it's uh, there's no cookie cutter print on any of it. Just what works, what works for Paul, what doesn't work for me, and vice versa. I mean, we're two different climates.
0: That that's the truth, and it, it doesn't matter. I mean the. <laughs> Soil conditions, temperatures, everything can vary. Even, you know, as you cross county lines, sure, uh, like everything I maintain in West Knoxville versus everything in East Knoxville and Northeast Knoxville, especially. I mean, you're dealing with way yeah. three different playing fields. You even yeah. go out to Maryville, you know, south of Knoxville. You're much higher elevation, but sure. it's it's much much uh, drier out there. So. It is, I, I, you know, people ask me about advice for getting into the business. Like, how do you, how do you get into the business? And, you know, getting into the business, getting a, a business license and, and you know, getting your insurance and your bond. Like the state of Tennessee, you have to have insurance and a bond. And you have to have two years experience of spraying under a license applicator or a degree in order to take your license exam um and there's there's not really a whole lot of ways to get around it other than that you know you have to have that infield experience to get your license and uh and it's 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 tough but it pays dividends because you get to learn about how a program works because for me my first year in residential lawn care seeing a full year And how the turf reacted over seven applications was the most valuable thing, I think I've ever done to date. Um, You know, because you you go back, you get to see the results of your herbicide application. You get to understand the principle of getting down your pre-emergence up until a certain date. You'll see, like man, everything I put pre-emergent on after May first—I'm using a hypothetical date here—everything I put a pre-emergent on after May first, it didn't do crap. It was like there was no pre-emergent apply. So there's a lot of variables in there that that play in that you just, you have to get with real world experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've got places in in, here in the Western North Carolina that I can grow bluegrass without irrigation, um, a a mono stand of bluegrass, and I can go 30 minutes East and it's not going to happen. It's just not the elevation changes over a thousand feet and the soils
0: are different. So, (laughs) <laughs> tetra is the name of that herbicide tetra tetra yeah um someone else is asking about the back my backyard my backyard i got 100 percent coverage back there it looks it looks awesome um uh, it's just i got two big white streaks in it right now uh paul where is the ppc total turf wind gauge uh
2: the that's uh phoebe my kids dog she's
0: in the house i hope <laughs> <laughs> uh chris rob hawkins his wife is from Asheville. the from fletcher uh is that your work area uh he, he may want to come visit you sometime yeah
1: man come on that's uh that's my back door come
0: on uh let's see uh says tiff grand bermuda is good for shade if it could be mowed low enough. Uh, yep. Tiff Grant is, is uh that was actually one of the first Bermudas developed for, uh, filtered light. So yep, that's a that's a good one. Is a late application of RGS at four ounces per K still beneficial on a slow release like 0.75 pounds in about three weeks earlier is applying the RGS the same day or week that important on slow release? Uh, Captain Hiltz, uh, <laughs> kind kind of w- well, not really with Melorganite, no. Um, but. I'm not a malorganite guy. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it, but I. I'm a control freak when it comes to turf grass, and there's a certain level of unpredictable control with malorganite that I don't get, so I won't use it. Um, now, if it's like a summertime app and it's a maintenance app, and you know it's, it's looking lackluster, and I need something to kind of boost it along i'll use milorganite i know chris uses it in certain instances during the summer too um you know so there's a a time and a place for it but you know when when i'm talking about you know seeding time or this time of year um is it beneficial yeah it's always going to be beneficial um but you're not going to get that visual impact from it that you would if you applied it in conjunction with the synthetic i hope that helps let's see we got another one here i say amino acids would take care of the mushrooms pretty well um have y'all played any with amino acids paul or chris
1: yeah i have um he switched his hat now i guess he's run out of ideas but to me, I'm Back to where I started. <laughs> amino, amino acids, if you're going to run amino acids, it needs to be a calcium app. I mean, they're they like peanut butter and jelly together. I mean, as far as being, you know, compatible. But the amino acids allow the calcium to be uptake to be so much greater. Um, but, I mean, there's amino acids in so many things. I don't think you have to really go out of your way for them.
0: You know, th- I've been doing a ton of reading about it here lately. Um, and I saw another youtubers video was talking about amino acids, and I, I really felt behind the eight ball um, So I started diving into it. and I went through every Study I could find relating to amino acids and I got really really deep into the science of it to the point where I'm looking at uh, carbon and nitrogen isotopes as they exist in the plant and um you know one of the things i noticed interestingly is that you know as a you know amino acids will act as like an organic nitrogen source so it will be digested in the plant it'll give up the carbon portion of you know so amino acids are going to be you know carbon hydrogen and oxygen right so it'll give up the carbon portion um for the rest of it to be uh mineralized into into nitrogen it'll it'll feed the microbes and Nematodes and carbon to deposit the the mineral in. Uh, plant roots have a really good job of regulating amino acids, so they will ex- exude um, amino acids, particular ones from the root system, um, to act as a buffer in the soil. you Probably to take up things like calcium, and uh, and then when it's not needed, it will draw those back up into the root and re mineralize them into, you know, carbon and nitrogen isotopes, C-13 and N-15. So, um, it's kind of interesting how that works in the plant. Now, you know, like Chris said, there are amino acids in so many different things, whether it's malorganite or any kind of organic matter or kelp, all of that is going to be rich in amino acids. So, um, the point of just, you know, developing a, a pure amino acid product and applying it, the, the advantage isn't really there. So, um, there we go. All right, all right, all right, guys. We are at ten oh six. Hang on, we got a couple couple more questions here. Let's let's get at this. Let's get at this. Uh, I did my lawn renovation of one hundred percent Kentucky bluegrass. I'm noticing some kind of fungus. It surprised me because it's getting so much cooler. What should I apply? Propiconazole and azoxystrobin. Combine them. Get them down. My local NCDOA center offers several free continuing education classes monthly. It's always good. The director's my neighbor. There you go. Is an ag degree required or is it just a degree? Uh, it is just a degree, Chris Voigt. I'll tell you that right now because what was taught in school versus what we do in the real world are way two different things. Uh, Julio Diaz, Torpedo Grass, you're looking for uh quinclorac. is going to be your only solution there. Pack to play soil already applied RGS and airway, how often should I apply to break up compaction? Uh, continue to apply until uh, compaction is alleviated. And the other thing, too, is what is your definition of compaction? How are you measuring your compaction level? Um, okay. All right, y'all. I'm going to call it. It is 10.07. Big, huge. Thank you to my friends, Chris Elms, the Bluegrass Master. From Appalachian, to, uh, up in Asheville, North Carolina, Hendersonville. He said Hendersonville, a better yeah. part of Asheville. Uh, Chris, <laughs> any closing words? No, man. I appreciate
1: everything. Um, speaking of Appalachian, my girlfriend made this for me. She said I had to have it on here. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's this is how you say it in case you have any trouble.
0: It's not Appalachian.
1: Yeah, it's it's not Appalachian. It's Appalachian. Anyway,
0: Appalachian.
1: Appreciate it, guys.
0: Big thanks, Chris. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your service to the community. And thank you for your service to the lawn care industry. Paul Fine Prime Guts, the Redbacks Master. What you gotta say in closing?
2: <laughs> Nothing, man. I just have fun with you, and I, I've had so much fun playing with this youtube man i i started a year ago in september and uh i was watching guys like you and and i never thought that uh in, you know just a year i'd i'd be talking to you all the time and be able to, to to sit up here with you i don't think i've added much but i've had a good time man and, and all the people i've met on here i met you know i've met chris through this and a, a ton of other people man I, I can't even list them but all the names i see rolling down this chat i, I know these guys and we we talk a lot and it, it's it's awesome man that's i'm not i'm not getting a thing out of youtube as far as my business or, <laughs> or, or anything else or monetary but man i have made so many relationships and i've I've learned a lot too from all these other guys we've talked to and it's it's fun man it's fun and i i i appreciate you having me man and i I appreciate all these guys who, who check this stuff out and check my stupid videos out and everything. It's it's just a lot of fun.
0: Well, thank you, thank you for all you do for the community too. Uh, for those that you don't, please take a moment, check down in the description, check out the United We Mo Foundation. Rodney Smith has really started something special. Um, and if you can, if if it's in your means. Throw, throw some throw some cheese at Rodney Smith and through the foundation that was set up by the lawn guardian check out his YouTube channel the lawn guardian and uh, Look at the official video that was put together by Ryan or it was awesome. So big thanks to Chris Paul I appreciate it everyone in the chat Appreciate it. Y'all have a good night everyone out there Take it easy